Hey y'all, I just wanted to, uh, I'm going to try this and see whether or not um, it's something that would be helpful for all of us as we, as we all go through scripture together. Um, if you're in the reading or the read scripture app at Purpose Claremont, um, just to kind of keep us moving and um, just to share kind of a couple of things that maybe I'm seeing or God's revealing um, as I'm spending time with him. Uh, and especially since we're going through Leviticus, I wanted to encourage you that I know that this is kind of this is kind of a tougher read, um, just because there's a lot of stuff that really doesn't doesn't it doesn't apply to us in that way that it did then, because Jesus has fulfilled all of the all of the law and the prophets and the um, and he's fulfilled all the sacrificial needs and but there's still things to take from it. There's still things to apply to it, and so uh, I was reading this morning in uh, Leviticus 16 through 18, and I got to verse 2, and it says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil, so that's the most holy place, before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. And so the most holy place, you go in there once a year um, when they offer the sacrifice because uh, for the for atonement, for the atonement of people of Israel, for sins that Israel didn't even know they did or that they did. They did know they did, but the high priest would go in once a year to the most holy place um, for the sin of atonement. And there's this whole thing that when you look through chapter 16, chapter 17, um, on what the day of atonement meant. But that, that verse hit me. Um, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil. And then right after that, it says, he can come in, but he has to come in with sacrifice. I mean, just, just to summarize in verse 3, but in this way, Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd of a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. So there has to be a sacrifice. Um, there has to be bloodshed in order that he can come in. And as I just sat there, I thought, oh, man, there's, there's something about that phrase, not to come in at, or not to come at any time. And then when you start thinking about what it is that Jesus actually accomplished for us, um, Hebrews chapter 4 came to my mind. Um, when you start in verse 14, it talks about that we don't have a high priest who, who is unable to sympathize with us in our weakness, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, yet was, that, yet was without sin. When you get to verse 16, it says, Let us then approach, or sorry, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when you contrast the two, in Leviticus, because the sacrificial system is still in place, Aaron can go into the most holy place uh, to go before the ark and the mercy seat that's on the ark, um, and then the cloud, which represented the presence of God, um, would descend, but you could only go in there if you had a sacrifice in a certain way, but not at any time. Now, because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, his death, burial, resurrection, we now have access to the throne of grace, like to the very throne room of God. We have access to God himself, not just going into the Holy of Holies or the holy place where there's an ark and there's a mercy seat representing God, but it's like we can go straight to God. Again, let us then with confidence, and it talks about the priest. I mean, Jesus is the priest. He's the high priest who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. So it's Aaron would be the priest for the Leviticus. All the priests, it's kind of like Jesus is the ultimate high priest. Let us then, because Jesus is the high priest, with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
So we can go into God's presence whenever we want to because of Jesus. And what a beautiful statement to find grace. I'm sorry, to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Anytime we're in need, we can go before God into that very throne room of God and just speak to him. And then there is an, there's another part in uh, chapter 16, verse 16. He says, thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness. So the tent of meeting was the place where God would meet with, um, that God would descend and uh, Moses would go to the tent of meeting, not in the holy place, but go to the tent of meeting and would meet with God face to face as though friends. But the tent was right in the midst of the people. But in this verse, it says right in the midst of their uncleanness. So I wrote, this is all from my personal journal. So I wrote this, that, that God dwelt with the people of Israel in the midst of their uncleanness. And then just made me start thinking through when you, now you take Leviticus and you go, okay, so that's the old covenant. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Then you go to the new covenant. When you get to John chapter one, verse 14, it says, and the word who is Jesus, you know, from the very beginning of John, um, in verse one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. In verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh. So Jesus became flesh. The son of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So then I started thinking, okay, so that's the only way that Jesus could be among us is to become human. And so then when you connect that to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, and then Paul goes on to, goes on to write, but he refers to our bodies as the tent. Uh, the, the contemporary English version translation says, our bodies are like tents that we live in here on earth. So, I mean, even the tent of meeting points us to the incarnation of, of God, that Jesus came in the flesh, that he could dwell among us, that he, that he could dwell with us in the midst of our uncleanness in order to take a cross, to be the ultimate sacrifice, for the forgiveness of sin, to raise from the dead, showing his victory over sin and death, to bring us back into right relationship with God. Why? So we can be the followers of Jesus who can apply Hebrews chapter 4, 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All that came together through this morning, just hanging with Jesus in his word. And it just blew my mind. I thought, you know what? I've um, someone, had, uh, Sarah Crandall had brought, um, had shown me what it is that, uh, Francis Chan does with his church and just kind of shares just his thoughts of what it is that he's learning every once in a while as he's spending time in the word as the, and with, as the community is spending time in the same passages. And I thought, what a great idea. And so we'll just see how this works, but I, I pray that it was a blessing to you because it blew my mind this morning. Um, it's weird. I've read Leviticus before. Um, and I've, I can't say that when I first read it through the very first time, I got much out of it. Um, but if you read Leviticus under the umbrella that God is holy, he is holy. And you start looking at all the requirements that are set up in order to come into his presence, the sacrifices that are necessary, and the shedding of blood. And then you keep in mind that all points to Jesus and what he would do and how he would fulfill it in order that we can go into the presence of God. You see how this story just all comes together. But this morning, it was just such a blessing to me. I was just so, I was blown away when I sat there and I thought, man, I'm getting so much out of the book of Leviticus. 
when you start connecting it to other passages in Scripture that shows the fulfillment um, of what it is that Jesus accomplished. So that's what I got out of it. I pray that you're having a great day. I pray this is helpful for you. Um, guys, I truly do mean it when I say it. I love you guys more than you know. I'm so thankful that I get to walk through this journey with you and uh, praying, th- praying for you throughout the week. Please let us know how we can be praying for you. Um, just email us or um, give us a phone call or text or whatever. Um, but we just want to make sure that we're, we're caring for you well. Um, other than that, guys, have a great week. I thank you. Um, thank you for being the best community I've ever been a part of. Love you guys. We'll see you.